Hey everyone, welcome back to the Open Podcast. Sitting here in the sunny sunshine in Boulder, Colorado with Keith. And uh, we're just going to have a little chat about initiation. Mm-hmm. What is initiation? What is initiation? I don't know. Fuck. I think uh, I think it's interesting you say it that way because the reason we want to talk about it is because in many ways it's been lost Yeah. in, in modern culture. And I would define it as like, it's, it's a step, it's like crossing a threshold into like a new phase. That's like, it's like widest definition. Uh And we're talking today specifically, we're going to talk specifically about initiation of men. um, But it can happen like all people go Uh through this, like birth is an initiation, death is an initiation. Those are, we all have those initiations, um, but there are many other ones in life that are Uh, possible either intentionally or just through life circumstances totally so in like a sentence or less if you were to write a bulleted list about the top things that have initiated you into the man you are and or just initiated you as a fucking human Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are those things i think for me the big initiations would be becoming a Buddhist practitioner, like spending years in a Zen monastery, Um, going through uh, cancer, being diagnosed with cancer and going through a healing process with that. Um, And I would say even now I'm in an initiation around um, being in a committed partnership. So I would say that's probably, I would give those like the big three in my life. So beautiful like spiritual physical and relational uh-huh <laughs> if you're a little jingling in the background it's our dog puka coming to say hi pookie, pookie. <laughs> um yeah i would imagine i imagined that cancer having cancer was one for you um and then like living i imagined that having cancer was one of your deepest initiations and then also living in a monastery also like one living in the monastery and all the shit that brings up then two having a meditation practice like to the degree in which you have one that most people like who meditate 15 minutes every morning don't know fucking shit about the meditation going on in the monastery i was trying to think about that how i would define it i think it's some combination of just the amount of time spent facing the wall uh, (laughs) and and I think there was also something around taking te- taking on teachers, like having a, a spiritual guide or mentor and really allowing them to be in that role. And I've had two or three of those in my life that I've sort of empowered with um, guiding me and like deeply trusting. A freaking men. Right. Surrendering your psyche to someone else yep. and deeming them your superior, regardless exactly. of what happens, regardless exactly. of how they act or fuck with you. Yep. It is something rare today that people are willing to go to that level of yep. like submission. Like what if this person, everything they said about me was right. All of the holes that they poked at were right. Let's just say, mm-hmm. and you have to have a certain level of trust towards that person to surrender your will to them in that way. Yeah. It's totally a dom's right. relationship. Yeah. This is, there's a whole conversation. like the modern, I think uh, something here in modern new age communities a lot is like, you don't need an outer guru you know you have your inner guru trust your inner light it usually happens after some guru does something naughty and the community breaks up and i'm like okay let's say you've never played tennis before 
and you want to learn how to play tennis. You're just going to go out with a ball on the court and like figure it out. No, you need a coach. Like, so it's okay to have a tennis coach. It's okay to have a golf coach. It's okay to have a physical trainer. It's okay to have someone guide your spirit. If anything, we need that more than the other areas. And also controversial take. I'm fucking sorry. But just because your tennis teacher started fucking his students doesn't mean he's not an excellent <laughs> tennis teacher. Like, sure. Yeah. Is there issues around integrity, corruption, accountability? Definitely. Are you any less good at tennis because he's fucking around with the students? No. Do you have any reason to not listen to him and to listen everything he says to you about how to play tennis? No, it does not all of the sudden rip away all of his wisdom around tennis just because of these other actions he's taking. And this is the biggest thing I would want to like preach to people about ISTA, about sexual yeah. gurus, da da da. It's like, stop throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Use your own fucking discernment. But also, like, it is such a thing, especially with Americans, of, like, unless this person is perfect, I don't want to learn from them. Yeah. And they're not worthy of my learning from them bullshit, you know? And it's like, no, an actual mature adult can go to someone and say, this person is really good at this thing that I fucking suck at, and I'm going to sit here and at their feet and listen to them and do everything they say in the matter of these topics that I want to learn how in, to be better at. In the matter of these topics. That's yeah. important, right? important piece like separating the wheat from the chaff they say and then the farms yeah. and i've actually seen a study that says you know if your doctor while when he's wearing his white lab coat gives you stock market advice you are like much more likely to believe it because you've put mm -hmm. him and yeah. him or her in a power position yep it's so similar with spiritual teachers like they they have if any of you know like ken wilber's developmental lines like they have achieved really high highly in their life in the realm of spirituality it doesn't mean they know anything about health anything about uh, like personal development or relationships relationships you know there's kind of eight to ten classic lines in life and so it's 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 on us to say hey i deeply trust this person in matters of, of the spirit um but I'm, I'm deciding like what to buy a new car or whatever like that's not the person i'm gonna like reference and there's some human nature i'd say it's almost a it's probably a fallacy is not the right word, but like a limitation where we want to just give, give someone else all the power. And that's where a lot of these controversies happen. So, yeah. So back, I mean, back to initiation, how would you, what about you? Would you say you, I'd say my top initiations, number one, have been death, like literally actual death, not like hippie spiritual death, but yeah, like a lot of people in dying life. in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and being really close to death, like being around people who are dying, um, like watching animals die, putting animals down, like, you know, humans in my life that are important to me dying, you know, just all things death. That would probably be number one. Second, I would say has been through medicine, plant medicine, psychedelics. Third, I would say, has been through working with spiritual teachers and literally just like surrendering to the absolute fuckery in which they will like just melt your life down in yeah. from every corner possible. Um, yeah, and then probably like relationships is in there. I wouldn't say necessarily just romantic, though, like yeah. all relationships in my life, I would say my whole life have been like pretty a shit show. 
and, and, like, and the sum, like the even my friendships yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know they've there's been just like a lot of intensity yeah. and drama and things I've been through with friends and friendships that just I would say people maybe go through once in their life that I've gone through with like every fucking friend I have um even when I was young and throw in there that I was also addicted to opiates and alcohol and so, like, obviously, I created a significant amount of drama just because of my lack of empathy and being an asshole all the time. Um, so, like, that mm. makes sense. But friends that are low maintenance and have not high need from me and can maintain long-term relationship with me over many years are so much more special to me because of that. I have some friends. I, I still do, guys. I still have some who haven't <laughs> left me. Um <laughs> Ones right that, here. that are just like chill it's yeah. just like they just understand that like people are people and like sometimes i need to go yeah. disappear off the face of the earth for a year and run dogs in alaska and not reply to your messages and then when i do they're overjoyed but then there's other ones that like i didn't post a social media post about them on their facebook on their birthday one year oh. and then and then they don't want to be friends anymore Wait. yeah or like you know, they, they call me, I don't call them back. And then they like, don't want me at their wedding anymore. You know, there's a lot of like high demand and high need for connection, which I think is fine, but I am very clear. I'm not available for that love meeting that level of yeah. need and friendship. So when people are like, let's be friends, I want to be friends. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if you know what being my friend means. What it does mean is that any point at any point in your life, you can fucking call me, and if you really need me, I'll fly across the fucking globe for you. Right. But that's why I have a really small group of friends. Right. I can't you afford can't to do that, that for everyone. Exactly. And so I'm, like, very particular about who I'm friends with. And, like, because for me, relationships have to do with sacrifice. And I can't have 100 people I'd be willing to sacrifice for. That doesn't work. Mm. And so I really like to keep it a small group. So that I feel like I can show up fully in like the level of devotion and sacrifice I would be willing to give to them. Um, and I think that's another form of like initiation, you know, sacrifice plays into initiation yeah. for me as well. And I think it's a huge area we're lacking in like conscious community culture is just really being like, I don't want to make any kind of compromise about what I want because of someone else and i get it well yeah and and you something my partner shared recently is just wanting to have a conversation around how a lot of our community are childless for example childless childless and childish and childish <laughs> which usually is usually goes hand in hand I, yep. I like that reference and not to say like I, I get there are a lot of legitimate reasons for people not to have children um, or they simply cannot have children. And however, that does create a certain kind of culture because just in that thing you said of like, you don't, your life isn't a, is, isn't a sacrifice. And I've seen, I, I was going to say, I was thinking about what are classic initiations for women. It probably is like getting your first period is a big one. It's like a biological thing. And then of course, having a child, it's almost like getting and, pregnant, going getting pregnant, pregnancy, going pregnancy and, and then, um, and historically, yeah, ninety percent of women would have that initiation. I think, I believe, unless yeah. there right was some kind of health for health sure. thing. For sure. Um, and today, that's probably more like forty percent in our culture. I would assume. And then 40%. potentially die during childbirth, which I think is like one of the right. hottest, most beautiful examples of 
nature and the feminine and God like birthing itself as it dies and births life through it. Yet yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, and I, I was listening to actually this piece from Charles Eisenstein about, um, you know, he's very uh, supports like a lot of environmental causes and things like this. And there's a recorded interview of him and like doing a Q&A and someone's like, you have four children, like you're a hypocrite because there's a, real, a big argument today. That's like, if you, you know, the biggest environment impact you can have is to have another human being, right? Because they just multiply. Um, and I'm not going to do justice to his, to his argument, um, but he really eloquently answers that and, you know, says something like the only thing of lasting value that you actually, you can create in the world is through offspring. And, um, you know, it's, it's arguable, but like the sense of like trying to create human beings that are a net positive for the planet, um, that's, that's what you're doing. So and especially I that, when your dad's Charles Eisenstein, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> right. if a bunch of idiots are having yeah. kids, it's one thing. Um, but like, you know, to the environmentalists out there, people aren't going to stop having kids. It's right. not worth a fight. It's not a fight worth fighting. Try a different fucking approach, you know, pick something else to fight about because that that's literally life. That's life. It's right. the only thing we have. That's why all of us are here. Is just continuing to birth yeah. life. So maybe try, I don't know, making algae that eats plastic in the ocean, things like that, you know? But that's that's but that's another initiation. Like I'm this is something that's like in conversation with my partner now about you know potentially parenting at some point and and re- like feeling into that. It, it's there is part of me that's like I look at the choices I make and how I manage my resources and time. And it's like so selfish. Like I do have friends that I care about and, you know, I'm willing to support and would do a lot for, and yet they're still just like numero uno, me, 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 how's my life going? And so there's actually, I think there, there is a part of me as I've gotten older that is even seeking that initiation. Like, yeah, I want you know, it. that even though knowing like when I was younger, the, the fear of all the expenses and limitations on my time and energy and freedom, like, all of that comes with having a child. And now I'm, uh, this is a big thing I've been exploring. We'll go into that maybe in another podcast of allowing myself to be really constrained intentionally and limited and to see what's birthed out of that. So I would say, while I'm in this initiation and intimate relating, I'm also like looking forward, like looking ahead a little bit, like, Ooh, that's, that may be another initiation of fatherhood. For sure. Fatherhood. So we spoke about a few of the top initiations for, women yeah <laughs> which are getting your period i don't know personally it didn't feel yeah. like that much yeah. of an initiation but you know coming into womanhood in some way um like puberty i would call puberty more of the initiation yeah. than getting your period like the day i got my period and nothing yeah. was different the next <laughs> day you know but the whole process of puberty um so for women yeah going through puberty potentially dealing with like life and death stuff around parents stuff around relationships and then um, having being pregnant and having a child. And I would, I'm curious, like what you think some of the top initiations for a man would be. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's what has, has inspired, I think inspired this podcast is us just talking about that. And this book, um, Iron John by Robert, Robert Bly and Robert Bly, if you don't know him, he's, he's known as a poet, but he's also considered like the father of modern men's work. Um, I think this book was published in the 80s at some point, maybe early 90s. 
And it basically follows a four page fairy tale from the Grimm brothers, these Germans um, called Iron John. So if you, the, the, the fairy tale itself is really short, describes Okay, their and journey. he didn't write the fairy tale. He didn't write the fairy tale, it was written in 1880 or So something. he wrote a book on the fairy Yeah, tale. it's commentary Amazing. about how this fairy tale basically is like a whole, um, describes the whole male Metaphor. tradition, metaphor of the, ma the, the male's journey through his entire life. Um, and he, one of the things he really, he makes a lot of wonderful points, but, but the main one is that young men today have lost the classic initiation in, in, into manhood. And Which what, is what? well, what used to happen is, first of all, men, boys would grow up closer to their father's work, right? So you saw your, your father working on the farm or working, um, you know, and you lived with your uncle who is the... Uh, building a house and like they would come home or you they take you with them and so you actually Hunting. got apprenticed yeah Yeah. even older yeah if you're actually like hunting in a tribe and this kind of thing um and you know today dads come home with their suit and tie on grumpy from the office and there's this like disconnect and so boys are really like raised completely there's obviously lots of exceptions but more so by by the women and their mothers um and traditionally traditional societies like native american culture would have like some form of right of right of passage and this one i always remember and some some societies still do this where the boy boys as they grow up you know they're just their children and they sleep with their sisters and brothers with their with their parents or there is you know, some some proximity to their mother and then at some point it's usually probably around puberty 12 13 um at least some some tribes had a ritual where the men would come, the mother knew this was going to happen, right? She was in on it, but the men would come into the teepee or whatever and basically forcibly remove the boy. And the mother would scream and cry and like, how dare you, you know? And then they take the boy to the, to the forest for four days and like, you know, do blood, you know, cut themselves with a blood connecting ceremony to Yeah, put your wrist together and maybe have the boy kill his first deer. Um, and from that day on, he never sleeps with his mother again. He's now one of the men. And so that, and it's like, yeah. And you know, you know where that happens, how that happens in some form today is, is like gangs, for example, like they say, that's a form. That's why gangs are so interesting and appealing to like a lot of young Yeah. men, because it's like, it's like basically a teenager, two years older than you initiating you, not a true elder who's wise and looking out for your um, thing, but the process is still the same. So we're having men initiated into the wrong directions Um, sports has a little bit of this, um, Yeah. Yeah, even hazing, you know, fraternity we hazing. Yeah. totally, we get like really, I mean, look, you're speaking to the choir, but like, I'm very sensitive to the idea of hazing. Like when I heard about it, I was like, no, that's so mean. Why do they do that? But on average, like women are more sensitive to what's mean than Yes. men. Yes. But men have been rewarded for being connected to their emotions and being sensitive over the past couple of decades. So they've actually in had an increased emotional response, in my opinion, to things like hazing as being traumatic in the way that it maybe wasn't used to be traumatic. Or that maybe, guess what? Trauma is what initiates us. Get over it. And there's no way you're making it out this life without trauma. Well, hazing, taking, being forced to go out into the mountains and fast for three days and hunt is a form of hazing, right? That's actually probably going to build a lot of character versus like having someone drink themselves into oblivion and go For sure, for sure. sniping somebody from the other gang, right? Yeah, Like yeah, that's yeah. more, 
like what is that serving so yeah so I mean yeah. some people could hear this story right now and be like oh my god that's traumatic that's so awful the mom is screaming and the little boy's yeah. being ripped from her grasp that sounds toxic blah 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 yeah what are your thoughts on that uh, I I think that I, I'm just watching like disgust reaction coming up and these are the same women who are complaining that they can't find like masculine partners um wondering like why um you know, there's this famous line from Fight Club for Brad Pitt's like, we're a generation of, of men, we're the first generation of men raised solely by women. And um, and it makes sense. Like women have basically softened men. And while there are good aspects to that, it's like, yeah, make men more agreeable and fit into society and grow their hair longer and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, be more compassionate and all of that. Keith has a man bun. Yeah, just in case yeah, anyone doesn't my, know. For the first time in my life, I've grown my hair long in my 40s. Um, but it's 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 lost something and that's uh that's actually where iron iron john goes because it's all about um how this boy is in his i don't know how much time i want to spend on the story itself but like i liked it when you told the story last part of it i think the first part of it's really good where there's a uh, basically like a ancient kingdom and um there's a rumor of like some kind of beast that's out in the jungle so everyone's afraid to like leave the castle walls and then finally like a brave knight comes and goes to the king and says hey i'd like to be in service and so the king's like well go see what's go figure out what's out out there and he goes out there and isn't he in a lake it's a lake so he goes out there and he finds a lake and then something comes out of the lake and like swallows his dog and he's like whoa and so but he's not afraid and how the metaphor goes is that he scoops a bucket of water out one by one um, from the lake. So he drains the he lake. He drains the lake. And with that, a bucket. And there's like all these little details like Robert Bly goes into. And this is the whole metaphor of like the wild man is something that has. To, so what he finds is a wild. It's like a hairy beast as they describe it. But it's probably just like a large hairy man, you know. Um, but because the society has been shunned, the like uber masculine the idea that like a hairy masculine being living in the woods is very frightening to society. Wow. So he's, okay. and he scoops him out, scoops the water out one by one, showing that it takes a lot of work. Right. And it's like, this is each of our journey to get to our own wild man. And, you know, for, for men. For men. Yeah. So the, the symbolism of bucket by bucket is that men have to drain their own lake of society, essentially bucket by bucket to find the wild man underneath. Yeah, that might be my own example of like going to the monastery and sitting meditation period after meditation period and just really going through some form of, for some that might be like, you know, a certain kind of work um, or being on their own or something like that. So it's like a journey to get to the wild man. And um, and so they, they the, the knight brings him back to the kingdom and he's of course put in a cage, right? He's put in a cage in the, inside the palace and the king's king has a young son and the son... He's playing with a ball and and in the fairy tale, the boy's ball rolls into the wild man's cage three times. Like the first time it rolls in, he's like too, he's like too afraid to even talk, look at the wild man. The wild man gives it back to him. The second time, I, I think he like maybe says a few words to him. And then the third time he comes in and he's like, hey, I need my ball back. And so this is a whole process of like a man confronting confronting his own the, those inner parts of him right that are like that inner murderer and rapist and like also acknowledging yeah. him 
right? Sounds like the yeah. first time he went, he didn't even acknowledge that the wild yeah. man was there. Right. And then by the third time, he not only acknowledges him, but he confronts him. Confronts him. And then the third, the the third time he says, Give me my ball. And the wild man says, I'll give it back to you if you get get the key to let me out of the cage. And the boy's like, Where's the key? And the wild man says, It's under your mother's pillow. And uh, so this starts at it And this this sends like waves of anger through the feminist communities because you're like, oh, you're men blaming women for your lack of masculinity. And Bly, he actually really says it's 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 men's own fault. We've given our power away, whether it's your mother or your girlfriend or um, your job. You've essentially given the key to your own wild man to somebody else. You've yeah. outsourced it. And and he'll actually go on to say like most men never leave. This is like the second page of this fairy tale like never leave this in the initiation most men are in their 50s or 60s still in that first time of the ball rolling into the caves they're too afraid to look at the wild man they never even get to the point of going for the key well um so this is a very early part of of the initiation um and he lets him out of the he, he gets the key lets him out and then the wild man's like boy's like now what and he's like well you come with me and you can never come back now Essentially, and he takes him out to the woods for like the the ongoing initiation. Why? Um, because he it's sort of like this is you are now this is like the separation from the mother and father, which is a big early, like the early stages of initiation are first separating from the bonding and separating from the mother, and then bonding and separating from the father. And most men never get through those first two phases. I mean, I would say most men never bond with their father. Yeah, and then get to have the separation from the father. Yeah. His daddy's not around. And that's daddy's like, fucking his assistant yeah, or yeah. has a stepmom yeah. with her own kids or, or he's just know. divorced and somewhere else unavailable. Yep. He, I I'm referring to like the blog post I wrote about this many years ago. And he has like five five initiative initiative steps, which were one bonding with mother and separation from mother, bonding with father and then separation from father is the second. Third one is the arrival of the male mother or the mentor or teacher who helps build, rebuild the man. Your guru, your teacher. elder, your exactly. spiritual teacher that you follow. Okay. Yeah. Fourth one is apprenticeship to a hurricane energy, such as a wild man or another warrior energy. So this is like going to like going to war, essentially, whether that's, you know, actual war or like through your work or something like that. And then the fifth is marriage with the holy woman or queen. And you can see, I, I've heard, that's the other thing, classic initiation, like a lot of our father's generations, like fought in war, for yep. example, and that's a, not, it's not initiation. At that age, anybody. between 18 and 25. Exactly. Yeah. They, 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 they came back being like, I seen shit. Yeah. I seen right. some shit. Right. I hope brilliant. my brother as he fucking bled out in my arms, you know, that's going to change you. Yeah. So this is, so this is, this then you know there's chap each chapter in the book is a process of the boy getting out there and he you know sleeps on ashes in the kit on the ground in the kitchen as part of another kingdom as he gets apprenticeshiped into like poverty and dirt and you know has to know hard work and there's another phase where he has to like learn he's learning how to play an instrument in order to like court this woman um wow. other phases where he's like going to battle on different color horses and and then I one thing we didn't talk about when I reviewed this he also when he is going to battle, he receives a wound in his genitals. And there's this whole piece about like some about like coming to manhood and like realizing um like just like the pain and power in your genitals and and how that can come about. 
So I'm, I'm actually curious. I, I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. We'll want to review, like review that piece because I remember it being a, a potent part of the male journey. Interesting. Yeah. So one thing I'm curious to learn more about. So there's taking on the male mother, which is finding yeah. maybe like a, a teacher in high school or a football coach yep. that it becomes an elder or a mentor in some way for you. But this apprenticeship piece to the hurricane energy, what does that mean? That's a good, that's a good question. So I have a apprenticeship to hurricane energy, such as 12 man or the warrior energy drinking from the waters of God. Um, I can almost see that as the, like going to like going, going to battle. Uh, yeah. Like the like, chop wood carry water stage, yeah. actually being able to like have your feet held to the fire right. about hard work. And putting your nose to the grindstone and not being able to run home to mommy and daddy. This is the point, right? Where like, if it happens in modern culture, it's almost like when mom and dad are like, you're, you're off the payroll. Like you're yeah. on your own. Go, go. Yeah. Um, like in some way, I know some parents where like, you know, once you're 18 and they send you away, they're like, we love you. You're welcome to come back and visit. But yeah. we cannot welcome you back yeah. into our home. We won't do yeah. that to you my this was someone rechilding yeah, you this was something of my parents would have i could have always stayed with my parents but my dad's um the job he had when i was in high school was essentially at a university that got me free tuition to syracuse university so it was like i remember when i was 18 like part of me wanted to like go to cornell or like you know i had good grades i could have gone to a lot of good schools and they're like you got 120 grand for at that time it was only 30 grand a year to go to college at these places um and i was like i remember being really frustrated about it um but in the end i was like okay no like this is um i'm taking this i'm making the decision to go to a good college it's already paid for but i hit that when i left high school and moved out of my parents home i was financially on my own yeah since then and there was a lot of like, I remember having like resentment of other people that were the trust fund kids and yeah. always supported by their parents. But in hindsight, like, thank God. I don't know anyone who's a trust fund kid yeah. or has had a bunch of money handed to them yeah. uh, that I would identify as a man personally. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot. Of, like, and we It's possible, in guys. Yeah. But it's just really unlikely because he's just forever on mommy and daddy's teeth. Exactly. And there's, we live in a community where there's quite a bit of that. Um various ways of you know people in their 40s who are sort of just starting different projects but have never really done anything and kind of have this like old playboy mentality yeah there's been a gift you know and it's a blessing and a curse you know i i have friends and i've had partners and stuff whose parents are incredibly supportive and are like whenever something is wrong at the end of the day you can always come back here i have not felt that way since i was about 16 so personally for me, I haven't felt like there's a home I can go run back to. And because of that, that hasn't been an option in my mind. And guess what that's required from me to figure it out a different way. And I, here I am alive. You know, I've had to figure it out. But that's an initiation instead of being able to run back to mommy and daddy for money or for a roof over your head or to take care of you. Like there's a way you continue to like read rechild yourself and yeah. re um it's like a it's like slide backwards in the in the scale of maturation of how to mature you know what i mean yeah, i actually yeah. have more respect for a man who's going through a hard time and finds a male mentor that he respects and asks if he can move in with him and work to stay there than i do for a man who goes back to his parents 
well we you know we both watched the show yellowstone and you know, there's i'm a little ahead of you there's like a second example of like a young man who's kind of like orphaned like rip to kind of he ends up having like another um orphan who they basically put in he sleeps in the stables with the horses on the fucking ground just as i'm talking about here cleans the shit out but that's his job he cleans the shit yep. saddles the horses and he's like the low man is the term right yep. and it's like he doesn't get paid he just gets food barely gets a, like this new boy they have in now like he literally for like weeks on end is wearing the same clothes they didn't even buy him new clothes and yeah i've had a, i've personally had to yeah. do a lot of things yeah. like this and um yeah, I've just had to do I've I've personally gone through a lot of things like this. And so it's challenging as a woman to have been through many initiations like this and traveled the world and be really worldly. And like in America, not a lot of people initiations no longer required. It was required from me because it was like the call of my soul and I couldn't not. Uh but it wasn't required though. Like I could have just lived a life staying with my parents probably. Um, but for me, it was just like the call of initiation was so much louder. Yeah. And I would say for most men, like it's not required anymore. So why the fuck would they do it? Right. And that's, yeah, it's true. So like, true. why should I not go back to mommy and daddy's house when my business plan fails? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. I've even heard like, like some like researchers and anthropologists stuff that are almost like giving like a new I forget the term for it, but like this new phase of life, which is like 20 to 30 of like still being with the parents, but not separating. Um, Cause so many people have done that. And it's, it's tough. Cause it's like I traditional societies, you had no choice, right? You were basically like, you had to go work and do things and face hardship and kill animals. And as, as men in particular, and today, I think that's a question that, that's what we were talking about is like, what do men it's hard. Like you, you, you as a woman have had a lot of initiations and then you're looking for men who for a man, you know, have had at least equal or at least equal initiations. Yeah. And, um, this, this, uh, brings us back to like, we talked a lot about Omar Pani a few podcasts ago when he came to town and he would bring guys up to the front of the room, talk to them. And basically a lot of these guys are trying to have like a loving partnership and they've never, they've yet to like, figure out how to earn money, how to like really have a purpose, like define their purpose, um, be in the world, pr probably have not really faced a true initiation in their life. And it's like this, again, one of these diseases of modern culture, which is like, oh, you can just have it all. And it's like, no, go sleep in the fucking cot in the stables for three years yeah. or the monastery or like whatever it is, like go, go, you know, train to be a policeman or a carpenter or something like that. Then you know, find your, find your bride. Like that's yeah. even the order of initiation that was called out in 1888 in this fairy tale. Yeah. So many people at 18 are wanting to find their girlfriend or, you know, they're just like wanting to yeah. find validation through relationship. And that's the current, that's the era of our time. You know, that's just yeah. where we're at as a collective. It's not any one personal, it's not any one person's responsibility or fault and it is the current status of us and it's not helpful and it's yeah. not good for us yeah i really don't think it is and arguably some people would say oh well it's not good that our parents generation had so much emotional suppression and that they were going through initiations that were traumatizing them yeah and in some ways like they were fucking way more adult than us mm -hmm. they knew what being an adult meant and 
they knew that emotional suppression isn't necessarily always bad, that at times it can be a skill set. When you're in the foxhole, ready to go fight a fucking battle, is your emotional landscape important in that moment? No. You need to be able to pull it together. And that doesn't mean not acknowledging you have you know, emotion. Ohm was telling me about this movie. I don't remember what's what it's called. But he's talking about all these men and there's this new soldier and he's young and they're basically in the bunker. It's like the hole in the ground. What's it called? Foxhole. The foxhole basing. And they're about to go out and charge. And he looks at the commander, the lieutenant. Sorry if you're in the military. I'm not using the right words. <laughs> um, he looks at the leader and he goes, I'm really scared. And Ohm said in the movie, it's as if the kid says it in a way that he thinks no one else is scared. You know, and the leader looks back at him and he goes, we're all scared, son. Mm -hmm. Like none of this is about not being scared. It's about being scared and doing it anyway. And also not allowing the fear to control and manipulate your entire life, which I would say is where we're at now. It's like mm -hmm. now we're in the pendulum swing of that emotional suppression where now we feel afraid and we think our body's talking. And we're like, oh, I'm afraid there's fear here. That means my body's a no. I'm like, no, you're scared shitless because you're going to fucking die and you should. You need to die over and over and over to initiate. Yeah, there's a lot of quotes and I, I don't have them on the tip of my tongue now, but it's essentially what you're saying. Like, it's not about um, overcoming the fear, but it's like noticing it and still moving forward. And Exactly. And like, you know, there's this idea and like, Look, I'm all for somatic intelligence, doing work around our emotions, doing work around connecting with the body and healing trauma, moving energy, all of that stuff. But I think we've gone way too far to the other side. And now we're just like a bunch of emotional sacks of meat who just like sob and cry all day and have zero motivation to build anything in the world because we're just self-obsessed in our own neurosis, looping and masturbating our psyches off over and over about our own whatever we're fucking fixated on it's like ocd but it's the ocd is about ourselves and what we are neurotic about so it brings up this topic of like you know we are now in a world today that no longer requires people to become initiated to survive yikes we're fucked yep. second in the face of that is what is the incentive for people to want to be initiated? Why the hell would someone do an initiation when it's no longer required to survive? I don't blame people. Well, it's I mean you can't blame people because like you don't know what you don't know. Like why is why am I depressed in life? Why don't I feel good? Why don't I have the relationship I want? You're trying to sell ice cream to someone who doesn't even know what milk is. That how how do you do that? You're like, it's this thing called ice cream. And they're like, what's that? And you're like, well, there's this thing called milk. And they're like, what's that? And then you're like, okay, never mind. I just give up. And so, you know, one thing I'm constantly sitting with is like, you know, I'm talking about medicine initiations, going to darkness retreats, doing sacred suns, doing like deep ritual and ceremony. And people are like, why? Like, why would I do that? And I'm like, that's a great question. I just had to personally. I couldn't not. Um, and I remembered it as a way of being in my body and I needed to go do it to feel like me again. Um, some of my reasons to people is number one, to grow the fuck up, to like literally grow up and 
move through some of your self-importance and narcissism that is very normal to have as a child that never gets purged or has to die as we become young adults nowadays. I, it's interesting as you talk, I'm reflecting on something I used to call my Hemingway complex. So Ernest Hemingway, uh, if you know, so I think uh, the sun also rises. I'm terrible on, on quoting things, but he he goes into the Spanish Civil War, like as an American, he writes a book about it. You know, just automatically puts himself into conflictual situations in dangerous places. Um, some of my uncles fought in Vietnam, and I hear stories of them. You know, having bullets whiz by or take off their helmets or backpacks and things like this. And and I noticed for a long time, like there was, I had a strong desire to basically be be in some kind of war. Uh, I knew I didn't really, of course, want to go sign up for like go over to Iraq or something like that. But it was, it was, I, I noticed that impulse in my system. It felt like I knew I was in, incomplete as a man. And I don't know like what, where it came from or why it boiled up in me, but it was just clear to me that working in a cubicle and buying my Ikea furniture and all the rest of it just wasn't enough. Wasn't going to make you a wasn't, man. Wasn't going to make me a man. I know I, I knew I didn't want to go fight some senseless war in the Middle East uh, that I didn't believe in. Um, so then I had to throw it back on myself. Like, what do I, what do I do? I need some kind of initiation. I don't have good mentors and role models. That is, is that's actually what put me on the, on the, the meditative path, I would say, and where I found my, my Zen teacher as my first spiritual guide. Yeah. So for you, it sounds like you even had a desire to become a man. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, what's the incentive for a man to want to become a man? I don't really right. think there is much of one. I, I can, I mean, in my world, I can think of a whole number of ones. The quality of women you're going to be with is going to be much higher. Let's start there. The The quality of women who will even look at you or give you the time of day. Um, and it's easy as a boy to just say that woman's a bitch. Well, we, we, you and I talk about this a lot and when we promote our workshops of like, how do you get the life that you want and how do you get the relationship that, that you want? And so it takes some level of someone to develop a little bit of self-awareness that things could be better. They could be a lot better or definitely different than they are now. Mm -hmm. And some, I think this is some like magical key that just doesn't turn in all people, which is like, ah, there's things could be different and better and I'm responsible for that. And so there's things I can do. Therefore I go seek out guides, mentors, teachers, practices, retreats, to, to do so. And it's different for everyone. For some people, they could read a, read a couple of books and it could change their life. Some people actually need to go into the jungle and, uh, you know, dodge landmines and things like that. Totally. Yeah. So I would say, you know, there to everyone listening out there, there are not many reasons for you to want to become initiated anymore. One of the reasons people like feel the call in a world that no longer requires it is that they just know they have to. They just have a voice inside. Mm -hmm. They just have an internal call. And basically like something says, they just got to go do this. Um, another is that someone in your life makes you. You know, we have this idea around like everyone in our life should be so accepting of who we are and just love us how we are. No, that's the worst possible thing they could ever do for us. What the fuck? Why have we romanticized that? You being accepted as a man, you being accepted for who you are as a woman. No, you want people who tell you, no fucking way I'm accepting you like this. I'm going to demand you to be always mm -hmm. stellar and better because it's going to give you the life you want to have. And how can I play that role and challenge you more and love you where you're at, but not accept you where you're at. Challenge you to be further ahead. Challenge you to take on 
new, you know, initiatives. And so, you know, people feeling called, people having people in their life that make them. Um, and then like you're in a make or break moment and it's just what needs to happen for you to have the life you want. You know, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's with children, you know, sometimes it just happens to people. Initiation just happens. Someone who goes rock climbing gets stuck in a hole for exactly or you get a yeah, get a disease or get cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, like initiation will come for you. I do yeah. believe that. Um, but when you don't know it's an initiation, it's a lot harder. And and I, and I would propose if if you're still listening, I imagine you probably are interested or, or you're you're one of these people. But some of you might be listening and be like, oh, maybe I haven't had an initiation and maybe I want one. I would say, like, look around in your community and look to people that are wiser than you, that are most likely, not always, but most likely older than you, that have a sense of like, they've, they've completed some of these in their life. And I think that's something we've really lost. Like someone you look at that you're like, they've seen shit. Right. They've as seen a, some and shit. And I can say as a man, most likely these other these men are the men that intimidate you, that you feel a little bit uncomfortable in their presence. It's because they have done something that you haven't. I, I know I've, I've had this. And rather than say, shy away from that and go hang out with, continue to hang out with other boys, you know, there's a moment and of turning. hippie fairies who will yeah. fuck you hey, and not call you forth. Hey, man, tell me, like, why are you like, why are you the way you are? Like, tell me something that you went through in your life. And, uh, what a gorgeous question. Yeah. And do you, do you, right, man or woman, do you, do you have a mentor? Do you have someone that is further down the path than you, whether it doesn't necessarily have to be a guru or spiritual teacher or a coach you're paying, it could literally be a friend in your community that has just lived a little more life than you. Absolutely. Um, and are you willing to like do what they say for six months or a year? Try that on and then try on 10. Right, this this narcissistic idea we have that we are again what we started this whole podcast on, like your inner compass tells you everything. It's like good luck with that. Yep. All right, you'll be you're influenced by Facebook and Instagram and all the, the rest biggest of problem when people are like, oh, listen to within your compass is skewed. Right. You don't know who right. you are. This is the problem to listening to yourself and what you feel called to do or not called to do. It's often based on your um, distorted trauma versus actually some higher voice. That's not always the case. Not saying everyone out there with an intuition, uh, but look around in your life. Who in your life do you want to be more like? Is there anyone in your life that you want to be more like? And if there isn't, like level up your community and friendships. This, I, I'm glad, and we're trying, we're coming towards the end here, but reminded of something I wrote in this post about Iron John, there's this whole scene, scene about him meeting the king. And that's a huge thing in our culture. Not his dad not his dad, like another king from another area. And we, we've also lost this. Like we had um, like MLK and JFK, for example, their, their murders or assassinations were like, it was like losing the kind of Holy father for society. We had very few come up since when I wrote this um, article, Obama was just elected president. And he was the last one that actually held that promise a bit. People looked to him as like a new king and he failed to actually live up to that promise and really disappointed people. And so today we've had a whole generation. I mean, when did these assassinations were in the sixties, I believe, or early seventies. It's like, that's 40 years of not having a lot of no, 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 daddy. Yeah, no, daddy, no, no kind of spiritual political king that, that we can look up to. So totally. who will it be?
Who will it be? Yeah. Is it you and your community? Are you going to step forth as an initiated person? Okay. So if you're listening to this call or this podcast and you've made it this far and you're like, yo, I don't think I'm initiated, man. What should I do? Write to us at offerings at theopeninstitute.com and just say in the subject line, I'm not initiated help. And we'll write you back and give you some tips. Um, some of the biggest tips I would say though is plant medicines, psychedelics, meditation, and darkness retreats. Um, and other spiritual initiation retreats that are out there where people take you out in the wilderness and you go hunting, yep. have to kill an animal with your bare hands, or um just vision like classical, like a vision quest, classical, yeah. Classical vision quest, you're out for four like four days, three nights, and you drop I you in the this, woods. I did this on my 40th birthday, actually. I'm reminded. But like I essentially drew out a square. I only had water and a small tarp. So I just slept on the ground and four days, three nights I spent with the coyotes and the lightning bolts going into my forties. This was a self-initiation. Yeah. Self-initiation, self right? I'd, I'd read books. About Why did you choose to go do that for yourself? There was something about turning 40 that just felt like a, a turnkey of my life of like moving into the second half of my life and just wanting to I've been reading and listening and hearing about vision quests and you can pay people to be more supported and they keep an eye on you so you don't die and things like that. And I, of course, he's a little bit more, right. I'm like, I needed to go and do it myself. Um, I have a memory. I, I walked off a few hours earlier than I thought I wanted to. It just something in me was like, okay, you're done. You're complete. And I walked down, it was completely off trail. It was in this, like, it was almost like a castle rock on top of a hill. It was like at 12,500 feet. And I got down and this massive storm came in and I looked back up where I was camping and I just watched for like three minutes as lightning bolts just destroyed the top of the mountain. I destroyed it, but oh, yeah. like hammered the top of the mountain. And it was like, okay, <laughs> complete. And I'm glad, oh, I, yeah. I'm glad I left a few hours early. You left part yeah. of you there and it was yeah. killed, destroyed by the lightning bolts. Thank you, lightning. All right. Okay. That's us, everyone. Um, for upcoming events that we are doing. Keith and I are starting a six-month facilitation training. Um, we're still in the soft launch pre-registration phase. We'll link our link here if you want to pre-register, if you're interested. It's going to start in June and run through December. It's six months long and seven modules here taking place in Boulder, Colorado. But you can take it online too. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. With a computer. With a computer. <laughs> you have a computer? You probably do. So then you should take the training. And basically the training is going to be seven modules, like I said, that are based in the seven chakras and what we believe to be the teachings and modalities that need to be taught and integrated at each chakra level, basically. And so um, I'm pulling this up really quick. So the seven modules are each based in a chakra and like a theme, essentially, um, that, that pairs with it. And the theme... Themes are, we're going to start with root chakra. It's going to be attachment theory, internal family systems, and the five personality patterns. Sacral is going to be shadow work, sexuality, and power dynamics. Navel slash solar plexus will be leadership, integrity, and will. Heart chakra is going to be the practices of circling and authentic relating. Throat chakra is going to be expression, embodiment, and finding your edge through dojo practices. Third eye is going to be breath work, energetics, energy work, and system systemic and family constellations. And then crown chakra is going to be coaching meditation in the future of AI. So this is going to be the theme for each module. The modules are going to run on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and again, if you're interested, reach out to us at offerings at the open Thanks for listening today, everyone. Bye.